Welcome to the Fall to Grace podcast, a show dedicated to those who have stumbled, struggled, failed, and fallen, perhaps more than once. Our message offers encouragement, hope, and connection to turn your personal shame and suffering from a fall to grace. Thank you for joining us. We hope you will enjoy today's episode. Good morning, everybody. Uh, This is... uh the Fall to Grace podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Kirkland. I'm grateful that you're here. And as I mentioned in the uh, last episode, I think it was, uh, I, I want to thank everyone that is listening. There are about 40 to 50 of us that are participating in this each week. I'm very, very grateful to those of you who are watching or listening on the YouTube channel, Fall to Grace podcast. I'm grateful for your joining me and for your support. Also, as I mentioned uh, in the last episode, if you'd like to leave a comment, that'd be great. Uh, If you want to share or subscribe or hit a like button, that'd be great. If you'd like to send a message to me asking a question or if you need clarification or if you you want to make any kind of comment or suggestion in any way, please feel free to do that. You can do that in two places, uh, probably... Now, in addition to just dropping a comment here on this uh, on this channel, you can also reach me at falltogracepodcast at gmail.com, or you can leave a message on the Instagram page for Fall to Grace Podcast. Okay, with that housekeeping completed, I want to, again, thank you for joining me. Uh, the last episode uh, was a little bit more lighthearted uh, about getting out of your comfort zone and trying new things, and um, there was some humor to that, and I, I'm glad that I could <laughs> lighten it up a little bit. I'm covering some very serious uh, material, but I, I'm not an, a 100% serious person. I do have a sense of humor. I, I like laughing and joking and teasing as much as anyone, but I wouldn't want to give anyone the wrong impression that I don't take this topic seriously or that you know, I'm not a serious-minded person. I am, but I, I love mirth. <laughs> you know, I love to laugh along the way, and and uh, laughter is maybe the best medicine. That's what they say. Uh, I think um, connection and uh, having a community and having a support group is uh, maybe the 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 true medicine. And I'm going to talk about that a little bit uh, today in today's uh, episode. I'm going to address a topic that, for me, has been very challenging, and it may be a repeat of some other things that I've said in previous episodes, and I'm sure there will be an ongoing reference to this topic because it's of extreme importance. It's important for us to realize that for most of us, and especially for those of us who are trying to fight through whatever it is that we're struggling with. It, it may be an addiction, it may be a tendency, or it may be a weakness in our character that we want to overcome, and nothing is easy to change in our, in our personality or in our characteristics or in our habits. Um, it takes effort. It takes supreme effort. And most of us um, are fighting that battle alone. You know, as I said in a previous episode, you know, the greatest battles that are ever fought are fought within the quiet chambers of your soul. And that's true. But for those of us who are either currently really struggling or for, or for those of us that um, 
have felt loss and failure, to do it alone and to proceed forward and to be on, you know, to have that onward and upward mindset and to do it completely alone is very difficult. So I want to talk a little bit today about loneliness. And there's a couple of things that I want to, you know, fold into that. I've written some notes here, and I do need to refer to my notes maybe more than normal because I want to make sure that I hit upon the things that are that I've written for myself as a reminder of things that I want to say. So if I refer back to my computer screen a little bit more than I would normally, I apologize for that. For those of you that are only listening and not watching, then it won't be a distraction for you. But for those of you that are watching, it may be a little bit of a distraction. And I apologize, but I want to make sure that I get my my point made and that, I, uh, that I'm trying to be as, as concise uh, as, I, as I can be. Okay. Um, there's a couple of things that you may have noticed. Um, you know, I've got this little Buddha here, uh, and you've, you've noticed, and I've mentioned before, the, the artwork that's on the wall behind me of the empty chair. Now, this, this Buddha I bought years ago on a trip to China, and it shows, you know, this, this Buddha is bent over with his face in his hands and completely shut off to the outside world. Obviously, at least in my mind's eye or in my imagination, you know, this is a, an image of someone who is suffering, who is struggling. And there's nothing wrong with suffering and struggling. There's, there's absolutely no shame in any of that. It's okay to struggle. We all struggle. It's okay to feel shame. We all feel shame. But this person is very withdrawn and is focused inward. This image is very withdrawn and focused inward. And I bought this. It, it, it must have resonated with me because of my own personal struggles that I was having even years ago with uh, maybe shame or embarrassment or regret or disappointment or feeling of failure. Um, for whatever reason, it resonated with me years ago, and it still does. But I, I want to imagine myself emerging from this sort of posture. And I think most of us, if we are embarrassed or if we're feeling shame, you know, we, we withdraw and we, we center on ourselves. And um, that's a very, very difficult place to stay. And it's a very difficult place to maintain uh, any sort of uh, positive mindset. What's interesting is that just the thought just occurred to me, uh, Michael J. Fox, um, you know, who the actor has been diagnosed with Parkinson's and it's obviously it's uh, degenerative and things get seem to be getting worse. But he was interviewed, I think it was by Diane Sawyer. I'm not sure. I could be wrong about that. But um, he said that with gratitude, uh, hope is sustainable. And a positive mindset is sustainable with, with gratitude. And interestingly enough, this posture doesn't seem to be grateful. And to emerge from that posture, in my experience at least, from my own withdrawal, I, I've had to start with gratitude. And I mentioned that in a, a previous podcast. Uh, one of my four intentions um, is I started with gratitude, grateful to be alive and grateful to have a chance to start again and try again. 
Now, the image of the empty chair also harkens to this idea of loneliness, not being accepted, you know, the empty chair at the table, you know, no longer uh, either able to occupy that chair because no longer welcome or no longer willing to occupy that chair because of uh, withdrawal and self-isolation, none of which, neither of which is a healthy or joyful or happy uh, path to, to, to tread. So today's episode is a little bit about uh, what loneliness and isolation can lead to, um, and then at the end, what uh, the opposite of that uh, connection can lead to. I, I've titled the episode, Loneliness Equals Setbacks and Connections Equals Comebacks. And the idea of comeback or redemption is, is very, very important to me. Um, I believe, you know, I'm, I'm pulling for the underdog. <laughs> you know, I want the person who has failed and stumbled to succeed. Uh, we all want to have a second chance, especially, you know, we all want people to give us a second chance. If this podcast is about anything, it's about us being brave enough and full of love enough to give others that second chance that they desperately need. Okay, so I've, I've wanted to, that, that's, my, that's my setup for what I really want to say today, and I hope I can get this across. Loneliness and isolation and rejection are three of the most difficult challenges that any of us will face. Now, you know, I, I was never alone until the last uh, five or six years. You know, I was raised in a home with good parents. I had four brothers and a sister. Um, I had friends. I was popular in school, so to speak. I went off to university and made friends with my roommates. I served a mission in Argentina for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and had companions uh, that were always by my side. I came home, um, resumed my studies at university, met my soon-to-be wife, married, had children right away. So I was, I was never in an empty home. I was never in an empty place. I was never alone my whole life was spent associating with someone that I cared about, and they cared about me, and there was that connection, a t constant connection. But what I've learned is how difficult loneliness and uh, rejection and isolation, uh, how difficult that can be, and what a challenging and difficult foe that is to growth and to renewal and to starting again or even starting a day. I know many, many people face loneliness for most of their lives, however. You know, I was, I didn't, but my heart goes out to those who have, and maybe one of my listeners today, maybe you are feeling lonely and isolated, maybe because of events that have occurred, or maybe because of, as in my case, my choices led to it. I won't pretend to understand the feeling of ongoing and I will, call, I will call it, for lack of a better term, chronic illness. I don't understand that. I, I'm learning to understand it because I still have those times. As I said, others experience it as a result of something that has happened to them. In my case, it's a result of having done harm, caused pain and heartbreak, failed keeping, failed in, failure in keeping trust or trusts, 
and uh, or failure to keep a promise or a sacred covenant. Obviously, as I've mentioned in a previous episode, consequences naturally follow choices, both good and bad. When the consequences include being shamed, set aside, ignored, etc., the pain of the realization for what you've done, for what I did, is coupled with the pain of knowing that I caused unmeasured hurt and suffering. So not only did I do this to myself, but I've also done it to someone else. That is a that's a very daunting and uh, horrible feeling. Um, the self-realization of what I've done and then having to face the consequences um, are, is a difficult place. There's, there's no denying that. No one sets out to hurt their loved ones or their close associates, but they are the ones that get hurt the most. And that is a burden that's very difficult and extremely heavy to carry. In short, due to loneliness, isolation, and rejection, there will be setbacks. When we are isolated, or when we are rejected, or when we um, are feeling lonely and all alone, and I mean really all alone, when we have that feeling, setbacks are more likely. You know, falling back to old habits and behaviors, falling back to old addictions falling back into patterns of thinking and acting and decision-making, self-talk, verbalization, setbacks in those realms are more likely when we are alone, isolated, and feeling rejected. A very important concept that I want to talk about and that I'm, the, the point I'm trying to make is that Connecting with someone, whether it be a family member or a friend, a community member, a loved one, or hopefully at some point a significant other like a boyfriend, a girlfriend, a husband, a wife, a partner, spouse, however you want to phrase that, someone who is your significant other, if that is possible, I I believe, I feel that that can be the best environment uh, in, in for a person to really begin to, to uh, have a comeback. You know, loneliness and isolation leads to setbacks. Connection leads to a comeback, you know, to start over. Um, having someone who is non-judgmental is a gift, a priceless gift. Self-isolation will lead to vulnerability and negative influences. Now, we can be vulnerable in a healthy way. When we're vulnerable with our friends, our family, our loved ones, where we are authentic, transparent, and trusting and trustworthy, that kind of vulnerability is healthy. When we're isolated and rejected and full of shame and loneliness, Vulnerability can be very, very dangerous. It's a, it's a very, um, it's a, it's a cocktail of danger, and it's common <clears throat> that a person could fall into the pitfall of scams or fakes or manipulators or, you know, emotionally damaging and inappropriate relationships, actions, or choices. Okay. So now there's been a lot of research done um, on this topic. And I'm going to refer you to a very uh, powerful TED Talk um, uh, that's available to, to listen to. 
and I, I want, I'm going to refer to it a little bit more, but I want to give you the specific uh, reference. If you go to TED Talk, you can download TED Talk uh, as, as an app to your phone, and you go to the TED Talk entitled, Everything You Think You Know About Addiction is Wrong, and the speaker is a man by the name of Johan, Johan Hari. Now, there have been over 20 million views of that, just of that one TED Talk alone. It's very powerful. It's important for, for you and for your most trusted circle of family and friends to understand what, the opposite, what addiction is and what the opposite of addiction is. And that's kind of the point that I'm trying to make. Addiction doesn't have to be drugs or alcohol. It, it can be a lot of things, a wide variety of things that we are, it's a, it's a behavior or a habit or, a, or an action that we take habitually that is destructive for us. Um, <clears throat> it doesn't always come in the form of drugs or pornography or alcohol or gambling or sex. It can manifest as destructive leanings towards attention, distraction, digestion, <laughs> and contention. The digestion thing obviously is about overeating. It was kind of a joke. But anyway, when addiction manifests, the reaction is often to make that person feel embarrassed, ashamed, and includes, can include some sort of punishment. You know, the the uh, the well-known idea that you know we need to intervene and punish this person or get them out of our life and we need to separate this person from our life and i'm not saying that that's not viable i'm saying uh, there has to be a, a secondary action taken punishment often takes the form of rejection withdrawal of love and acceptance and even shaming in order to produce an effect that will lead to better choices. So that's what, that's what uh, intervention does, right? We reject, we isolate, we withdraw love, we withdraw our acceptance, and you know we shame that person uh, often into, well, if you don't act like I want you to, then I'm gonna withdraw my love, I'm gonna draw, withdraw my affection, I'm gonna withdraw my words of affirmation, I'm gonna withdraw, you know, just a complete withdrawal. Um, there, there has to be, there has to be a better way, and that's the point of the TED Talk. There has to be a better way, and there is a better way as addressed in the TED Talk, which I'm going to talk about just briefly. When we choose to do those things, it almost always has the opposite effect because the addict has already withdrawn, has already shamed and punished themselves. And on top of that, has convinced themselves that they're not worthy of love and perhaps even actually unlovable. Thus the image of the Buddha. <laughs> this person, this image, reminds me of someone who was withdrawn, who is self-shaming and punishing themselves. And this person, this image reminds me of the image and the idea of someone who is withdrawn and is convinced that they are unlovable and that, uh, the, that no love will come to them. And when it's truly terrible, the addict often is certain that they have no idea how to love or to be loved. They learn that they are unable to understand what it means to love or be loved. However, that is the only thing that will save them. Love is the answer. Come hell or high water, come what may, love cannot be withdrawn. 
I've experienced that. I've shown, I, I don't want to get too deep into a very personal story, but I have made the determination with my own life and with myself and with others and with family members that no matter what, no matter what comes to me, no matter what is said to me, no matter what is done, no matter what horrible act they may have taken to withdraw themselves and isolate themselves and shame themselves and punish themselves, I'm going to love that person, persons, come hell or high water. That's a choice. Now, we can choose to not do that. It's hard. It is extremely difficult and challenging. The family member or friend or loved one who seems to be the cause of everyone's worst grief and trouble hardly seems worth the effort. And in some cases, they will do almost anything to prove that you're right. <laughs> they will do things and say things to prove that you're right to withdraw your love from them. However, it's the only thing that will save them. It is the only thing. Now, I don't want to steal the thunder from the TED Talk that you hopefully will listen to. But in that TED Talk, it talks about a study that was done on rats, about you put a rat in a cage and you give them regular water or um, a, a water with a drug in it. And almost invariably, the rat will prefer the drug water to the regular water, you know, when they're in the cage. And in the TED Talk, he comes to the conclusion that maybe it's not the drug. Maybe the problem is the cage. Having that rat isolated, <laughs> they invariably go to the drug that then they built a, you know, kind of a rat heaven, <laughs> rat park, he calls it, where there were other rats, there was plenty of food, uh, there were plenty of mazes to run in, the rats could engage in, you know, plenty of sex, <laughs> you know, f physical connection. We often put a cage around ourselves, and perhaps even more sadly, we put cages around others who are having difficult problems to deal with, because it's easier just to put them in the cage. But the cage is the problem. <laughs> the cage is going to cause setbacks. The call to action here is to deepen the relationships we have with those who are struggling. So, to, as I mentioned in a previous episode, to run to the danger, to run into the rubble. It is not easy, but come hell or high water. Now, you know, those of you that are listening know that I have a foundational faith in my Savior, Jesus Christ. And I, I, as I mentioned before, I am not the apologist. I'm not worthy nor qualified to be the apologist, apologist for uh, Christ or Christianity or my, even my own faith. But there are teachings that I think are worth sharing even if you are not a specific believer uh, of Christianity or, or of Jesus Christ. That's fine. It, this does not necessarily speak only to those people. 
But the Savior describes what I'm talking about beautifully when he tells the parable of the 90 and 9. You know, he says, leave the 99 and go out and save the one. Now, the 99 are safe at home. The 99 have a safe association. Uh, those 99 are connected. And in the human realm, they are connected with love, words of affirmation, physical touch, you know, even a hug, a pat on the back. Those 99 have all that. The one has none of that. They're in that cage. It's not the drug, it's the cage. They've put themselves in that cage. You've put them, or we've put them, or I've put them in that cage. He teaches us that we must leave the 99 and go in search of the one to bring him or her back to connectivity. Because out there, they are alone and sure to be attacked and to die. Meaningful bonding with others is what makes all the difference. Rediscovering purpose and having a reason to get out of bed in the morning makes all the difference. In the end, the TED Talk speaker says that the opposite of addiction is not sobriety, it is connection. Connection with a person, a family unit, a community of like-minded people, and especially a close, intimate relationship that is loving, caring, and non-judgmental is the most powerful of all. It lets us out of the cage. It brings us to healing and to safety and a sense of belonging coupled with physical touch and words of affirmation, and it leads to comebacks and to staybacks. Now, in closing, I, I wrote a little poem. Like I said, I, I, I'm a bit of a writer, and I just want to close with this. And I, I hope this echoes, pardon the pun, as you'll notice in a moment, I hope this echoes with some of you, and that you can then share it with others. Loneliness. It aches more than the hunger pangs in your belly. It's more like an echo that doesn't return. A calling out for love that is never reciprocated. Left unrequited in the chasm built for that very echo to return. It's a mystery forlorn and a melancholy abandoned. It's the craved for love of a mother, a friend, an intimate partner only imagined. A mirage of of what is only real for others. I, I hope and I urge us all to reach out to those who may be in the cage, whether they've put themselves there or even if we've put them there. Go back to that cage and open the door to, to connection and to love and I hope that we all can have the bravery enough, the courage, the love, the determination to reach those who are in the cage. I'm so grateful that you joined me today. Thank you for watching and listening to the Fall to Grace podcast. And we'll see you next time.